The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Knock on wood, Natalie. Um, (laughs) I've never been fired. Uh, I have been reassigned, if you will. (laughs) Uh, But I've never been fired. Um, And I've certainly uh, never been fired uh, 10 days um, uh, after losing uh, a loved one. As Mike Budenholzer did, one of his brothers died, come to find out, we found out after the fact, during that game one, excuse me, that uh, round one uh, series loss to the Heat, um, the eighth-seeded Heat against the number one seed Bucks. one of Mike Budenholzer's brothers passed away. Ten days later, he's been fired uh, just two years after leading the Bucks to their first championship in 50 years. So that makes three straight coaches, uh, Frank Vo- uh, Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, uh, Frank Vogel, Nick Nurse, and Mike Boonholzer, um, in that order, I believe, yes, uh, who have been fired after recently winning an NBA championship. Um, nowhere does life, and in this case, real life, come at you faster than it does um, in the NBA as a head coach. Um, but what I can definitely relate to is, is being on top of the world one minute. Um, oh, yeah, I had to write the first time. Yeah, that's right. I had to, I had to order, right? Nick Nurse, Frank Vogel, Mike Budenholzer. See, Natalie, when you get old like me, you know, everything starts to, starts to run together. You, start, you know, you start to, starts to blend. But anyway, I can, I can relate to being on top of the world one minute and then um, everything coming crashing down uh, the next. So I guess my question for you would be, how did you feel when you heard this news, knowing that his brother had just died? How did you feel and do you feel like as some do like this is in poor taste it's, it's a bad look bad optics to fire a coach so soon after he su- suffered such personal tra- tragedy i for one and this may sound cold i think they're mutually exclusive yeah um i think the part that makes it feel like it's really effed up is because his brother um recently passed away and it's just like you hate to deliver news to someone at a time like that um and you i guess you sort of wish like um organizations like you know teams and you know can be a little bit more heartfelt <laughs> you know like i'm not saying don't terminate him but yeah they maybe could have waited it didn't have to happen at that moment so there's just a human element a compassion so i understand that at the same time so I think that's more where the shock value lied. Um, Cause in my opinion, this was something that was probably coming for, for Bud, you know, he was, he was almost going to be terminated a few years ago. Um, right. And then but for the championship, but for the championship <laughs> yeah. and, and, yeah. and Giannis covers a lot. 
he masked a lot. So these murmurs have been there in the background for a long time. So it's definitely unfortunate that it happened at this time while he's dealing with so much. But um, I do think it was coming. I personally think it was long overdue. Um, you know, as you see here from USA Today Sports, they're saying Milwaukee won the 2021 NBA title, but it made a disappointing first round playoff exit this season after finishing with the league best record. And I guess that was just enough so, for them. Well, so back to Giannis. Yeah. You know, Mike Budenholzer can't make free throws for Giannis. Uh, he can't make Giannis, uh, or at least it seemed as though Giannis didn't meet the moment. He also is not responsible for Giannis missing three games in that first round series. But Giannis post game didn't do Mike Budenholzer any favors when he cited what everybody's known for years about Mike Budenholzer, which is a lack of adjustments. And so I would go so far as to say that the Bucks could have fired Mike Budenholzer almost immediately after that series ended. Okay, that series has been over, feels like for a while now. Yeah. Um, they probably waited as long as they did because of what happened uh, in his personal life to his family. Um, it's a cold business. It's a cold game. It's a cold world. And I think there's business and then there's personal. And if his brother hadn't passed away and some, some people, maybe you felt like he got a raw deal for getting fired so soon after winning a championship, I would understand that sentiment but to that I would also say well how much of a grace period is he supposed to get if you believe that he's flawed as a coach and is holding you back how much of a grace period is he supposed to get right right um because it's not like Frank let's take Frank Vogel and I remember having an issue when Frank Vogel got fired because of the hand that Frank Vogel was dealt you know in the form of a, of a Russell Westbrook acquisition Whereas Budenholzer, and I'm not specifically talking about the, the circumstances of the first round series against the Heat, but they had the best record in the league this year. And they didn't only lose because Giannis got hurt. Even Giannis right. said, we didn't adjust. Or I would have liked to have covered Jimmy Butler. We all heard it. And so just on, 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 on a basketball level, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why people are acting surprised and outrage that oh my gosh an NBA coach just got fired so soon after winning the championship we see it all the time coach of the year might buy you one more year how many coaches of the year have been fired hell the, the Raptors have fired two <laughs> in recent like recently you know the last two have been coaches of the year it's like there's a short shelf life in the NBA especially when look somebody gonna get thrown under the bus somebody's gonna get scapegoated and when your best player more or less calls you out and when and when it's the worst kept secret in the league that you do not adjust well in series, you're going to be fired. And I don't know that it's the Bucks responsibility to not do what's best for their business because of a personal tragedy. Is he supposed to like, would it make it any better if he got fired a month from now? You know, I mean, and now they've delayed their process. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not in the camp of like he shouldn't have been terminated, so I'm not there. But I do think it's two reasons why people are having that reaction. One, his brother passing. But I think in general, it's because they did just win a championship a couple of years ago. I do think there are some people that chalk up you know, what happened in that first round to a combination of things, but mostly like Giannis being out more than they do like, well, Bud didn't adjust. And I think in general, people have this thing that they do where they look at the results and they say, he just won a championship. He's a great coach. Why are you firing him? And I'm I'm someone who always says like, getting re- good results doesn't mean you have a great process. And sometimes bad processes That's exactly get over right get overlooked, you know, because you have a good outcome. And I think that is what they did they win did they win because of Mike Bootenholzer or in spite of Mike Bootenholzer is another Exactly. And I've always felt it was in spite of him. And so I am perfectly okay with this termination for like basketball reasons and business reasons. It's just the human in me has some empathy. Yeah I was about to say well not just the human in you, the human resources uh, attorney in you. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, there, there is a there is a right and a wrong way to do things. And I, again, I certainly, but I, you know, it's messed up because his brother died. Yeah. You know, you said, you said earlier, that's what makes it seem, I mean, it's like, but I just don't know that his brother passed away, but life does go on. Is that, is that, is that insensitive for me to say, you know, and it's like, if you're the Bucks, you got to do what you think is best for the team. Now, if you want to make an argument that Mike Budenholzer is the best coach for this organization moving forward, forget what, what he did two years ago. Because the entire, not just the NBA, but life is life is one big Janet Jackson song. What have you done for me lately? So if you're telling me that, if you want to say that Mike Budenholzer, it was not his fault that they lost to the Heat. Jimmy Butler did Jimmy Butler things in the playoffs. And Giannis got hurt. And Giannis shrunk from the moment. And Giannis missed free throws. And yeah, he could have adjusted. But really, you know, he's, he's the same coach that he was when he won the championship. Then, okay, I hear you. But as you pointed out, he was coaching for his job when they won the championship. And now... His brother happened to pass away. Was that a distraction? Did that con- now if that contributed to his? I don't know that Mike Boonoser did anything that was uncharacteristically Mike Boonoser. So it did. I mean, so was he coaching with a heavy heart? Yes, that's unfortunate. And a lot of people have to go to work and perform under awful circumstances. Rest in peace to his brother and condolences to his family. But. It was Mike Boonholzer. And Giannis didn't seem to factor that in when he said what he said, which was pretty damning. And so for me, I'm just like, yeah, man, that's messed up. My heart goes out to him. But from a professional and a basketball standpoint, it's a a, what have you done for me lately? And, you know, performance-based business. And I I just don't know that the Bucks should be receiving. I don't know how widespread the criticism is. I've just seen... You know, I know Damian Lillard had, you know, had had a tweet. I know a lot of people have talked about uh, the fact that, you know, how how could you fire him after his brother just died? But I just don't know that that should be part of the calculus. You know, uh, now, meanwhile, the question is like, <laughs> and I know this is a, a, a alley oop for you, is how much belongs at the feet of Giannis? Because <laughs> one, because one could one could argue that a lot of these coaches just get way too much credit and blame. You know, like this, if this is a player's league, it's a player's league. So, you know, he didn't have his best player for three games. The argument I would I would make on his behalf, and obviously the ship has sailed, 
is he didn't have his best player for three games, and his best player didn't show up when he did play. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, and I do, that's I do I think make. they have some um, roster construction issues as well, and that's also mm-hmm. not Bud's fault. So I think I, I think like I said, I'm I support the, the termination, but I do think there is some stuff he's being scapegoated for as well. Two things can be true. Yep. I would uh, like to hear uh, from Kurt Heelan from Bas- Pro Basketball Talk, NBCSports.com, about this. He's obviously been covering it and um, suggested some uh, potential replacements for Mike Budenholzer. But first, Kurt, just your thoughts on the timing of this. We found out after they were eliminated that his brother tragically passed away. One of his brothers tragically passed away. Um, it feels like or it seems like some people have a problem with the optics of the timing that it is in bad taste or in poor taste. I, I would say that, you know, there's business and there's personal and the Bucks have to go on. What say you? Yeah, just that. Look, it, the timing sucks because of the personal stuff. But beyond just you've got to make the move. If you're going to hire that next coach and you want to move up Charles Lee, Charles Lee is in Toronto today interviewing for the Raptors job. He is mm-hmm. one of the front runners for the Detroit job. If you're going to promote him, you can't wait. If you want to hire Nick Nurse, you better do it before somebody else does. Like, they can't wait around while the the coaching carousel spins and then take what's left over. They either they had to kind of do this now, if they were going to get the guys they want to get, whoever that ends up being. They couldn't wait around. So, absolutely, the timing sucks. I feel bad for the Budenholzer family. I I, I was in the room when Darvin Ham kind of let that slip. And the handful of people who know all looked at each other like he was not supposed to say that. Like that was not something Mike wanted. I, I, well, I mean, he backed Darvin later, but I don't think it's something he wanted public. That's kind of not the person he is. It, that said, it sucks. It sucks, but for the Bucks, they didn't really have a choice. Right. So their choice of next. Oh, I'm sorry, Natalie. You want to say something? No, I was just saying, right. I was agreeing. It's it's really yeah. just a, tif- a difficult situation. Yeah, and uh, certainly not to make light of it, but I mean, I think your feed item, Natalie, is is spot on for all of uh, the Greek freaks philosophizing. Like the Bucks proceeded as if this season was an abject failure. Um, so, in terms of choices, you mentioned Charles Lee. Um, I guess it'd be so NBA for Nick Nurse and Frank Vogel, who won championships before Mike Budenholzer, yeah. to replace Mike Budenholzer. Since they have, they they know what it's like to be in his shoes. Uh, they know how quickly life comes at you fast in this game. Um, if you were advising Bucks ownership, um, who would you think would be the best fit for Giannis in particular? But to unlock and and adjust when necessary, who's the best? I mean, that's what Nick Nurse is known for, no? Yeah, it is. I think first off, you kind of touched on the real key, which is Giannis. He is a extension eligible come, I think it's September 1st, but at some point this fall, it is all about keeping him. You have the best player or one of the best players on the planet. I'm not going to have that argument with Natalie today, but like you're this elite player. (laughs) (laughs) You can't let him go. You can't, the Bucks can't just replace him, right? So what does Giannis want? If it's, he's a guy who likes his comfort zone. So maybe it is Charles Lee. We get a different voice in the room, but it's an assistant under Bud, so this isn't some sort of radical shift. But you're taking a guy who's never done it before and throwing him in, and maybe it works. Maybe it's Joe Missoula, maybe it's Steve Kerr, maybe it works great, but maybe it doesn't. 
if you want to make changes, Nick Nurse is your guy, right? I, I think more than Vogel, Vogel's a little egoless. Nick Nurse comes in and is a guy who will make radical changes, who will make radical adjustments, who, hey, we need a box and one. Let's just box and one this. Like, whatever it is, he is willing to try it. And I think that if I were them, I might go that way. I might do this because their window, they've got to keep Giannis happy, but also their window is getting small. It's just, yeah. it's, and it's not Giannis. It's, you got to re-sign Brooke Lopez this summer. He's going to be expensive. He's 35. Drew Holiday, uh, I'm sorry, Chris Middleton can opt out. You're going to have to re-sign him. Drew Holiday is extension eligible about when Giannis is like, if are you going to keep this core together? It's getting old and expensive. They've got a lot of decisions to make. And you've got to tie the coach into where you're going to go with that. Like, and Nurse yeah. is the guy who sh shakes up the apple cart a little more, for lack of a – God, that's a horrible – I don't even know where that phrase came from, but then, he's the guy that changes things for you. Yeah. Plus, Drew is talking about retiring. <laughs> yeah. 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 I So – I think – yeah, Drew's probably no, more ahead. comfortable retiring than any of them. Like, I – that guy's got his whole – there is not a more balanced person and balanced life maybe in the league than Drew Holiday. And he yeah. and Lauren can walk – he'd walk away and be happy with Lauren and they'd live – they'd live a happy life. Yeah. All right. Um, so pivot into tonight. Let's talk about tonight. I, I'd love to, you to help us set the table in terms of what to watch for. So first of all, Joel Embiid will receive his MVP tonight. So all is well that ends well. I wasn't here the other day for the announcement, Nat, but all is well that is well. Joel Embiid gets his MVP ahead of, ahead of the game tonight. Uh, how do the Sixers, though, uh, take game three? That's a really good question, just because he really faded in the second half of that game. Like, he, you could see, part of it is you just don't get the conditioning when it's a leg injury, right? Like, you can't keep running, doing the bike stuff. The conditioning seemed to be an issue. He seemed to wear down, and I don't know if that means more short shifts or something, but you're going to have to find a way to get him to step up, and then you're just going to need... I mean, he still was able to be a defensive force in the first half. You've got to find a way to extend that. Then you're going to need... You need James Harden to be James... You know, more of Houston James Harden and less of Philadelphia James Harden. You're going to need Tyrese Maxey to step just up. As simple, you're going to need somebody or is it just as simple as, Or is it just as simple, guys, as Harden going to Vegas real quick? I mean, I don't know if he, you know, <laughs> I, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's possible to hey, get, Doc was get good it out. It. You know what I'm saying? Doc said he was good with it. Um, yeah. He used the Rodman example. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I nobody, At least nobody... It, at least in this case, Embiid didn't have to go to Vegas to physically drag Harden back to the right. Uh, right. I don't think they're gonna make a documentary about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, they're not gonna make it into a movie or whatever. But I mean, it's it's, it's no. like we talk about with with pregame speeches or halftime speeches. When it works, it's great. It sounds great when it works. When he goes off like he did in Game One, if he had struggled and come to find out he was in Vegas, like that stuff is legendary. When you had the kind of game he had. Yeah. <laughs> when you don't, exactly. it's problematic. You know, like everybody's an adult until, you know, you uh, you start messing with the church's money. I think you get a much more energized Philadelphia team back home. I think their role players step up. Maybe you get more from Yang or, or other guys. I'm curious. Yeah. And we've talked about this. I still think a lot of this series just hinges on which Boston team shows up and how much, how, how urgently do they play? Do they play like they did in game two or do they play like they did in... Urgency. Game five against the Hawks, man. I don't I don't know what yeah. you get from them. 
Urgent? Well, that goes for a lot of people these days. Urgency seems to be the theme in the playoffs. Uh, Moving to the second game, uh, Nuggets-Suns. Natalie, I was trying to, like, I was looking. I was kind of being nosy. I was trying (laughs) to see if if there was a broom behind you because I get the I get the sense that that you kind of like you you're like you're 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 hungry for a sweep like you just like you got a broom somewhere in there that you're gonna break out <laughs> if, if if the Nuggets end up sweeping the Suns I mean sweep or gentleman sweep and we're gonna have to have some conversations because <laughs> y'all overhyped that Suns team and I'm saying y'all because I was not a part of that y'all overhyped oh, they're eight and with Kevin Durant then they were the favorite, you know, I don't know why, because they got rid of all their bench depth. So to me, this was completely foreseeable. And Chris Paul being injured, like, how is that not foreseeable either? Yeah. So to me, That's knowing just, all of those man. things, I didn't understand yeah. why everyone was so high on them. And now here they are down 2-0. And, you know, it's, it's not looking good. So... Well, well, some people tell me this man, Kevin Durant's the greatest or one of the top or a bad man, as Vinny likes to say. All I'm saying is I don't want to hear nothing. He should be able to get them at least one. We're not going to have no shoe size excuses. He got to be able to get them at least a game. That's all I'm saying. Kurt, I've never seen somebody who could take circumstances and (laughs) fit them into an agenda. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I can't, I don't know, what is, you ain't Kevin Durant. It's just, y'all need to work something out. Y'all need to get in the room and, and like, just get a meeting or something. I mean, people were high on him because, oh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and it wasn't that long ago now, granted, the Clippers had their own issues, talk about injuries and who's showing up or who's in street clothes. It's like, you know, it's the Clippers, but still. I mean, there was a lot of reasons to be high on the Suns. Kurt, I think it was really a matter of, even though they were the one seed, is, hey, look, Chris Paul, I, I, I've never seen somebody that's snake bitten, so injury notwithstanding, yeah, and not this is not. I'm not taking anything away from the Nuggets. You know they've earned this lead, and I don't know that people were ready to recognize the Nuggets as the threat that they now so clearly are. Right, because they were a little boring this year. There wasn't drama. They didn't fire their coach. I mean, their coach is one of the four that's been around since 2019. Like they, they. Oh, that's a long time. They've been. <laughs> that's, that's a really long time, isn't it? I mean, there's. It, it's true, by the way. There's four coaches that lasted since 2019: yeah. Spolster, Kerr, Pop, yeah. and Malone. That's it. Um, they, because of the consistency, they're just kind of boring, right? Like, oh, we know what Jokic is going to do. Hey, Jamal Murray went off tonight, and there's some. Hey, look at how well um, Aaron Gordon's playing, or what have you. And hey, Bruce Brown fits in great, but it's not been sexy. Like, hey, we went and got Kevin Durant. So I think we all look past him. And I was one of those guys. Before the playoffs started, I picked the Suns based on the, well, they've got Kevin Durant. He is capable of carrying a team. And I think, by the way, Natalie, I think you get, probably tonight, like you get a Kevin Durant game where he just takes over and he wins them a game. But after seeing them against the Clippers, Sam's, you know, the Clippers, the Clippers role players, I was like, oh, the depth is a problem. The depth is a real problem. The defense is, is a real problem. It's stuff I think that they can fix this offseason, like watch out for them next year. But this yep. year, it's an issue. And Natalie, I'm just telling you, be careful what you wish for, given these. Let's give the Nuggets a bunch of time off before they face my team. Be careful what you wish for. Oh, I'm not wishing so, for that. I've actually <laughs> said I want them to push it longer. But I'm just saying, like, if 
They don't. I'm just telling you, we're going to have to have conversations about Kevin Durant. Hey, you know what? And honestly, I, I can't wait to have that conversation. We're not going to do it today. We got to let you go, Kurt, because we got to get the break. But I can't wait to have that conversation because you can't say that the son's depth is an issue and their depth is an issue. And now this is some indictment or referendum of Kevin Durant. Did what? they give up? Did they give up that depth to get if Kevin Durant? Yes. yes. Absolutely. He wouldn't be the first or the last to please oh, that. He, he can't get swept. He can't be getting swept so, so much. He, and- he can't get he can't get swept in the second round by the number one seed? Oh, the horror. Like, okay. That doesn't mean he's not one of the handful <laughs> of greatest players of all about. time. The passes, the passes y'all want to continue. It's not a pass. It's reality. He's, he's still one of the best guys walking the face of the earth, man. What did Kevin Durant do to you other than deliver you two champions, championships? Please. I'm just, I'm trolling. <laughs> I'm trolling. Thank you, Kurt. Oh, he was the best player on that team. Not was not. <laughs> Tell her, Kurt. Tell her, Kurt. Say it again. Two finals MVPs. Say it again. Say it again. Old finals MVPs. Old them. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World? Like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. No, they always tell me to stay ready. You know, uh, so they always, they seen this before and that uh, my time will come. And, you know, our first series, you know, I was kind of struggling with it, but um, we had a team meeting and Steph, he said some powerful words and uh, it kind of got me locked in, let go of everything and just all about the team. Killer Clay Thompson came out and had a big night, 30 points. He was very pissed off after last game and I had no doubt in my mind that he would come out and have a big game. Clay is from Southern California, grew up a Lakers fan. Uh, Dad played for the Lakers. Dad works for the Lakers. This really means a lot to Clay. Obviously, it means a lot to all of us. But, you know, there are just some circumstances that may make a game or series mean a little more. And I think this is one of those for Clay. Welcome, Zena oh Kada. I can't with y'all too. I can't look. I can't with y'all Zena too. Zena Kada. Y'all, both of y'all just grinning from ear to ear. Look, look at this. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Michael Green Go and his enduring Southern accent. Being from the South, being from North Carolina, I just love listening to Michael Michael Green speak. But obviously, his performance the other night was also endearing and also perfectly timed. But we'll get into that. <laughs> Oh we boy. will get into oh it. Boy. I mean, I tell you, Zena, I think you know I'm someone who 
doesn't always speak as highly of Steve Kerr as many others do, but I have to give props where props are due. And he made the adjustment. They went small, not small in the traditional Ish. way that they would, but he went yeah. small. Did he did he, I mean, he went Kevon Looney got sick. I mean, it's like, I mean, I mean, are we, are we, you know, I mean, that was, hey, listen, foul thing. money is, foul money is, is, is good money, but I mean, it wasn't strategic as much as it was necessity. Was it not? Or am I missing something? I feel like it is strategic because he could have went small, like full small, which he's done before and going yeah. to Jordan. And he didn't go that route. He went, I mean, when I tell you, no one could have put money that Jermichael Green was starting yesterday. No one expected that move. Right. It was smart because you think about they needed to stretch the floor. They needed to get Anthony Davis and LeBron James out of the paint. And who knew Jermichael no. Green, been averaging 30-ish percent in the three, would be the guy. I'm, and I'm not knew. saying it didn't work. I'm not saying yeah. it, I'm not saying it didn't work, and I'm not saying it shouldn't work moving forward. I'm saying unless I'm missing something. Wasn't this necessitated by Kevon Looney being under the weather, so they had no choice but to go with Jermichael Green? Or am I, or am I missing something? There's the, the last part of your sentence. They didn't have. It's not. They had no choice. They had choices, and they made a strategic one with Jermichael okay. as opposed. Mm. To- okay. And they also could what have still started Kevon Looney and just played him less minutes. And they so because he, he played. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I do think you have to give him well, one, and I don't give him many, so I'm giving it to him. Well, but, but, but even that, but even that, like, Jermichael Green playing like that, I mean, listen, the strategy of going smaller, I get that, okay? I get playing Draymond Green a lot more on Anthony Davis. We'll get to him in a second. I'm saying, like, it's, listen, Steve Kerr is a great coach and is a great tact- tactician, in my opinion, and makes a lot of awesome adjustments. The Warriors do tend to figure things out. They have a lot of options. They have a lot of tools in their tool belt. But A, Going to Jermichael Green when Kevon Looney is sick. B, Jermichael Green delivering the kind of performance that he did. That's the second part of this. Not just going to, you can't count on that. You can't, you couldn't count on that going into that game, and you certainly can't count on that going forward. Sure. So that's why that's why I can that's why I can only give so much credit. So the irony here, Nat, is you typically don't give Kerr credit, but you're giving him credit. Now, I love Steve Kerr, but I'm not giving him that <laughs> much credit for Jermichael Green saving the day. Yeah, I well, think. I mean- Oh, go ahead, Nat. I think, I think, right. I mean, obviously, when they go small, that means that Dre is going to be at the five, and he's going to be on, on, on. Um, Ad or Ad, right? But there was another thing too. He put the ball in Steph's hands, right? And so mm-hmm. you saw point guard Steph Curry, the one who everyone tells me isn't a traditional point guard, right? And so that's a big change. Who are these people? Who are these, who are these Tina, people you're addressing? Tina, they think I'd be making up stuff. So can you tell him how many people get get go on air and say he's not he a true point It's crazy. When, when, when Steph has the games that he has, when he has 12 assists, et cetera, they call that an aberration. They make it seem as if it's, wait, this is so different. No, we're start, we're seeing what Steph Curry has always been able to do, which is distribute the ball. They've always said, oh, well, he's always running around. He's coming off ball. He's not a traditional point guard with the ball in his hand, just, you know, dictating where people are going. No, he can do that too. He's just capable of doing both. And most of the times he can keep doing that running around thing that most people don't want to guard and it works. But he's capable of what he was doing the other night. The internet, that's no. who says it. Well, but okay, there we go. Zena, thank no, you. No, not just the <laughs> internet. For- not just the internet, because we had, who was it, just RJ, the other day, on JJ Reddick's pod, like, 
I'm sorry. I, I just, oh. I don't consider him a boy guard. I don't consider him a boy guard. Like, I, but wait a second. I guess just I'm just, I, the reason I responded that way, Zena, is not that everything y'all said is true. I respond mm. that way because it's like, I'm just too old. I'm just too old to be dealing with ignorance. And so somebody <laughs> who's using that Steph is not a traditional point guard as right. some kind of a criticism, he's not a point guard. He's a Steph. Okay. Like, <laughs> like tra- who's a traditional point guard? <laughs> Mark Jackson. You want to be Mark Jackson? That's not him. Anybody who knows mm. anything about this team and y'all, y- y'all forgot more about this team than I do, than I know is that the entire system is built on him. Whether he averages 12 assists or not, his designation is point guard, but who cares if, 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 if when you got a Draymond Green, it's, 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 it's not built for him to get as many assists as he did last night. That's not his job. His job is to be the one and only Steph Curry. So that's why I reacted that way. It's like not a point guard. Like who, who, whoever these people are that are saying that he's not a point guard and using that as, a, as, as to try to knock him down a notch, please stop listening to those people, Natalie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> they don't know what they're they talking about. They may not about. be trying to knock him down a notch, but I think why I push back against that is because I guess when it's coming to comparing him to other point guards or like where he ranks and not knowing how to rank him because oh, he's a okay. point guard. My, my whole thing yeah. is that like a point guard's uh, job or one of them is to create, is to create opportunities yes. on their team for their teammates. And Steph does it in an untraditional way, but he creates right. seen and unseen. opportunities. Right? He creates he opportunities his, seen and unseen. Exactly. Yeah, hockey assist, the whole thing. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. So it's just like he's still doing that, even if it doesn't look like what we know and recognize it to be. And so I don't see why we have to be like, oh, I don't know how to like evaluate him, like evaluate him the same way. So, um, so two more characters. Two more characters I want to get to. Zena, can you can you articulate like mm-hmm. so the big boy to Steph's three stacks his the guy that doesn't take a back seat to Steph but is riding Mm. shotgun when when Clay is hitting threes eight of them last night it just hits different like he he energizes this team and elevates this team not in a not necessarily in a better way of course not than Steph when he's when he's in his bag but just in a different way can yep. you, can you, am I making sense? Or can you put can you, both of y'all, but Zena first, can you articulate like the clay effect when clay's doing his thing? Like he was last night. 1000% clay is a, a person that his entire persona on the internet, particularly is this, I'm kind of just going through life. I'm chilling. I'm enjoying my dog. I'm enjoying my boat, etc. And you know, Steve Carr mentioned this a while ago, Clay is the killer. Like, don't get this twisted. Clay is also just as competitive and just as cutthroat as his Draymond and Steph comparisons around him. Like, he is just a killer, too. And when he does show up shooting the three like daggers, you're not expecting that sort of persona out of him because he's usually chill Clay. Oh, he's turned on Clay. He's locked in Clay. He is absolutely going for the jugular Clay. And that is a lift for everyone around him. That's when, oh, Clay ain't ain't playing around. Okay, y'all, come on, let's go. It's almost another level of added urgency when he's locked in like that. And you can see him getting riled up, getting hyped up. And again, as a person that has a a typically more uh, chilled demeanor, when you're up and you're riling up your teammates like that, that adds another level to it. So I think that that's, that's where it comes from. And with Steph, it's like, he has a, a version of this too, because he's baby face killer, right? Because he's so sweet and he 
calm and he's so in the moment. So both of them have these dimensions to them that when they tap into what people aren't expecting from them, it gets everyone around them like, oh, I need to tap in too. Just like Jermichael said when we started the show, he locked in. And I think yeah. people locked yeah. in. Tonight. I don't got yeah, any more to add. She said it. She, she, said, it she, she said it all. <laughs> but, but, having said, but having said all of this, I love y'all two together. Having said all of this, <laughs> like last night went exactly as expected. Like the Warriors played like their season depended on it. Okay. Yeah. Their, their level of urgency you know, Draymond stepped up. Obviously, Clay stepped up. We talked about Jermichael Green. They out-rebounded uh, the Lakers 55-40 to 40 with Looney playing 12 minutes. Uh, I think that's 16 straight games where the home team loses game one. Uh, excuse me, the ro- yeah, the home team loses game one and it comes back in uh, 16 straight series, I beg your pardon, where the home mm. team loses game one and it comes back and rebounds and wins game two. So, like, both of these teams, I'm saying, like, both of them feel like they got the other one right where they want them. Like, the Lakers mm-hmm. got their split. No, I'm saying the Lakers got their their split, split. Natalie, so they feel good. And the Warriors probably feel like all is right with the world, which I'm not so sure about that. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, so I the the part I'm pushing back against a little bit is one, I don't think it's like the Warriors really did that much. They made some adjustments, but I thought they played really well in game one too. It was just the adjustment came too late in the game. Oh yeah. Like they they showed up to win that game. So I don't think like I think they just knew like we're just gonna come in and do what we always do and we'll be fine. And they dominated. They blew them out. And I think the the Lakers, while yes, they got the split that they wanted, they have to be concerned because LeBron can get in the post game and say, Oh, oh yeah, like we're the best defense still, but the pattern continues with Anthony Davis in that he's inconsistent. Well, yes. You get Anthony Davis one game, and then you one get game. a different Anthony Davis another game. And now they only have oh, one night off in, in between games. He played right. 44 minutes last game. They need him to be that version of himself. Well, he did get a they little bit of a him. break last night thanks to the blowout. You know? Right. But, so <laughs> it sounds like, though, we're getting, but we always get the same Natalie. Because, Zena, you know, what I'm hearing from Natalie, and I'm sure you echo this, what I'm hearing, Natalie, is last night is more what you think, shocker, this series is going to be. Like, you think last night was more representative of what this series truly is. Zena, do you concur? And then I'll have to I represent do. for the Lakers. I, <laughs> I do. Of fairness. I, I know. Of course you have to be representative of the Lakers. And the thing about it is, it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect them or anything like that, but yeah. those are the facts. There has been this up and down appearance from AD all season long. And yeah. yeah. so... The Warriors are not very surprised by what happened uh, last night. So when you mentioned, when you started out with saying the game went exactly the way that, you know, the Warriors expected it to, I would say that it it went the way that they expected to play all season, the way that they've, you know, who they are as the Warriors, the, the adjustments that they had to make because Kavan was sick and, you know, they wanted to adjust for AD. I think that was a little bit different. But I don't think that it was so different from what they were doing in game one to Natalie's point. Like, they came yeah. out and showed – I mean, that game was entertaining. I'm oh, yeah. confused from a Lakers perspective, how did you dip so hard? Like, that game was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Nothing changed yeah. on your end other than the amount of nights you got between the first game and the, and the second game, right? That's yeah, the no, only I mean, change. Game, so I think that's what I would all, like wear from a Lakers perspective. Yeah, all, all, all the numbers said that the Warriors should have won game one. We know how that one ended. I guess – my thing about AD, and Natalie, this precedes you because I'm sure Michael Holly's proud of you. You know, or maybe y'all have talked about it. It's like I've always had to cape up for AD because no, because I think I think we got to be see like AD is like Debo. 
Like when he around, when he show up, everybody mm. be quiet. But when he leave, they be talking again. It's like, and he gives them everything to talk about because he does it. He, he, he's literally alternated the games this year. But you, you're right, Zane, you hit it on the head, or this playoffs, I should say. You, you hit it on the head with the one night of rest. He has to do so much defensively. And the mm-hmm. reason I think that this series can still be a long series is I believe there's, an, there's still an opportunity for Darvin Hand and the Lakers to adjust in terms of how they get AD the ball on the mm. offensive end. They can better help him on the back line defensively. But even on offense, I mean, like, I don't mean to oversimplify it. And, and Draymond definitely played him tougher. And, he, and Draymond, of course, shocker, a tough matchup. Zena, I'm looking at a lot of the same shots, and I think AD might have said this. A lot of the same shots that he made in game one, yeah. he takes too many shots outside the paint anyway. He made them yeah. in game one, he didn't make them in game two. Right, right. exactly. That's legs. That's legs. That's legs. That's legs. between games. Yeah. And that's what the Lakers yeah. have to figure out. It's like, how do we help this AD situation? Because AD is going to show up on the defensive end. Like, I am actually a fan of AD. I like him. I think I'm a, I'm a person that respects defensive players. The thing about it is, though, you can't have an AD that has been inconsistent offensively be the guy where if he doesn't perform and the headline the next day isn't that AD dropped 30 points or 40 points, then you don't win. Like you as a as an organization, as the team, you've got to figure out, all right, we know that AD is going to show up for us defensively. How can we help him on that end so that he can also help us out on the offensive side? Or if we're not going to do that, we can't ask him to do both. Right. We can't have him battling on the boards, blocking and, and being the main front line of defense when when Warriors players are driving and then not help him get all the way down the court and then have him post up on the block or coming up. I mean, it's just there's too much. So I think that the Warriors, excuse me, the Lakers have to figure out how to help their big man, because, yes, he is doing a lot for them right now. And this series is, doesn't account for the fact that he needs rest in between those performances. I still think, Natalie, this could be a long series because I do not put it past the Warriors to, as we all we all like to say, play with their food. Um, I, and yeah, their, their, their effort and their focus is not all, I ain't telling y'all nothing y'all don't know, it's not always consistent. Draymond mm-hmm. had to be, you know, pushed into showing up for game two and playing better than he did for most of game one. Um, Clay hitting eight threes. Look, Clay is Clay. Clay hitting eight threes, you know, um, Jamichael Green, I mean, there are some, some things, that, like a lot of things went well for the Warriors last night because they made them go well. Not taking anything away from them, but they were, so, they, they were, on, they were on their A game last night in many respects. I, I, don't, I don't think that this series, that these teams are, there's not a 27-point difference between these teams. I, I, think, I think this series is more like game one. I do think it'll be a six or seven game series still. I think there's still room for adjustments. Natalie, you smiling like the cat that ate the canary. It might be, it might be, but they they haven't gotten a Steph game yet. So like, while everything went well, he hasn't gone off. And oh, but they did. But they did. That what? But they see, got, they got hold on. traditional see, point that was, guard. That was. That was I'm about to say that was they a Steph game it. last night. That Steph got because Steph got that in his game. See, there you go, <laughs> underestimating Steph as a point guard. You know so what you I don't mean? Recognize, a game. You don't recognize how Steph can really do it all, Natalie. I've been trying to tell you about this man, Steph Curry, but you always want to talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I, you know, I'm just messing with you. You know, I'm just messing with you. Zena, it is so nice to finally share the screen with you. Thank you for blessing the show. This all this made voyage together. I know. We yes. got to figure this out. Come back, for sure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.
Yeah, well, maybe we'll come back. I, this, this is strategic. Natalie booked you with me the day after the Warriors won. I see what you're trying to do here. When they brought their A game. <laughs> Trust me, they brought their A games. On average, they got a 4.0, okay? If that's what we're talking about. On average, they're performing well. So that's why I'm not worried. But we'll be back. All we'll right, see what happens. All right. Okay, Yale. <laughs> Talk about 4.0. <laughs> Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Friday, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters Friday. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Yes, sir. Hey, Chris Ballard here with the Colts, man. We're going to pick you right here, man. Welcome to Indy. I know it's been a, I know it's been a long wait, man, but we can't tell you how excited we feel fortunate to get you, man. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Give me chills, Charles McDonald. Like, I cannot get enough of draft call videos. And all of them say, I can't wait to get to work. Josh Downs wasn't kidding, because come to find out, 
him and Anthony Richardson couldn't wait for rookie minicamp. They were throwing in the parking lot, the hotel parking lot last night. That's how ready they were to get to it. Let's get to it with you, starting with Bryce Young. Bryce Young got his name called first, Charles. And I saw Scott Fitterer say this, and I don't know if he's just saying it because that's what you're supposed to say, but it's like there's no timetable on when Bryce Young is ready to play. In your mind, is there any way in the world Bryce Young ain't out there week one? Because that's what he was drafted to do because he got it so much up here. He was drafted to be able to play day one. Look, I mean, he might not be on the field week one, but week two, week three, yeah, that's about when it's going to happen because when you look at the history of teams that trade up for quarterbacks, outside of like Patrick Mahomes, which is an unusual example because Alex Smith was playing really good football at that point in time, these teams talk about how much time they, they need these guys to sit and learn to play the game, but... When they see the veteran that's not playing well, they always put the rookie in. So, yeah. uh, they, you know, they I think Andy, Bryce is actually going to have to compete. In. Compete? Right. Compete with what? With who? With Andy Dalton? No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, he oh. might have to compete in training camp, right? So just, just to show that, you know, he can be competent. And then Andy has his first <laughs> bad throw when they put Bryce in. Like, this Dude. is all coach speak. We go through this every year, you know. Thank you. It means nothing. Urban Meyer said that about Trevor Lawrence. It's like, bro, Andy Dalton right. is there to console him all when he comes to the sideline. I had somebody tell me Bryce Young could be an offensive coordinator today. He's ready to play day one. I want to talk to y'all about Petty, though. Charles, I want to know how petty you are. You too, Natalie. I know you're petty, but I don't want to know how far it goes. Did y'all see the story about Bill Belichick taking less from yes. the Steelers so that the Steelers could jump up and get the tackle that the Jets supposedly wanted, um, Broderick Jones out of Ohio State, and an executive told the Washington Post, Belichick did it just to F with the Jets. Absolutely he did, because he hates the Jets 20 years later. I just want to know personally, can y'all match this level of petty? Natalie, I think you kind of can. Yeah, Match this level of petty. I love it. I love it. I'm queen of petty. Um, and I know that Charles knows that now because he follows me on Twitter and he sees it. So, yeah. <laughs> this is all me. This is all me. Oh, yeah. Chuck, you hold, you hold grudges, C-Mac? Um, against the Saints, for sure. Like, if I were to ever work in the NFL, like, we're undercutting the Saints or Sean Payton, like, literally every single time. I don't think people know, like, how deep that Falcon-Saints rivalry is, but I could oh, stop rooting that. for the Falcons and I'm still going to hate the Saints. Like, it's that serious. Do you know I'm from New Orleans, Charles? I do. I uh, do. But, but I'm not. But I'm not a Saints fan. I used to be. I, I gave. I gave that up. I, we could have that conversation another day. Um, <laughs> so, the. Um, <laughs> so, I'm telling you that that just resonates with me so much because of like, I, I get just no matter how much success you have you still want your ex, even if you the one did the breaking up with them. I was telling Natalie the HC of the NYJ story uh, earlier today. Even if you the one breaking up with them, you want them to know I own you. <laughs> and, and no, matter what, no matter what it takes, you want them to know uh, that I own you. Dude, if yeah. the Falcons oh, lose yeah. to Sean Payton while he's with the Broncos, I'm going to have a serious problem. Like that, that's, that's got to be like beef on site forever. um speaking of speaking of beef um yeah i understand that there's a certain little like side bet little side rivalry going on between you two that i've I've just been made aware of like they got a certain series going on um so you're a falcons fan and a lakers fan no 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 i want to make this clear i am not a lakers fan i'm a fan of lebron james 
So I just have to, but whatever, wherever he goes. Oh, you wanted them well, dudes. Well, okay. my team was because you, you're young. Okay, because you're young. You my probably, first, you probably don't know who Jessica. You probably was... don't know who Jessica Alba is. You probably don't even know who Jessica Alba is, do you? That's a lie. You're like, that's a lie. Okay, good. I am not all twenty. Right. I turned twenty nine in three weeks. All right, <laughs> give me, give, give, give me, give me some props on my age here. I'm not that young. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm a LeBron fan. So you know, I've been feeling myself after uh the 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 Lakers they upset the Grizzlies. So I see Matt going crazy about the Warriors on Twitter every day. So I had to to say something. Braun fans, we're here. One one, it doesn't matter. And look, I'm not even here for like Lakers success. I'm here to make excuses for LeBron James. So yeah, he didn't score in the second <laughs> half at all last night. But still, he put up 21 in the first, and AD needs to come up and play his fair share. That's what happened. The Warriors had nothing to do with it. LeBron's still the best ever, and he's going to get this done in six. <laughs> I have never heard such transparency. I'm here to make excuses for LeBron James. Okay. That's right. Matt. Exactly. <laughs> I appreciate you the candor. <laughs> I won't even go at you because I There's nothing to unpack. You're making excuses. I'm glad you know. You know, there's some who call excuses the tools of incompetence. So, you know, I I, I love that. Um, but I'm sorry. No, you all are not winning. Stephen Curry um, will be winning this series with the Warriors. He owns LeBron in the head-to-head. Y'all not winning. He owns this. LeBron. Yeah. Owns LeBron. Oh, my gosh. It's just no one owns go, my king, okay? How many? How many oh, has LeBron won king. head-to-head <laughs> He How said many? your king. Tell me the number. How many has he, he said won? Your king. I don't. I'm not worried. I don't about know. That. I can't count. I, wait. This is this is like fanboy and fangirl war here. <laughs> like I don't like like I thought Natalie was was like you know some, fawning over Steph or something. You just call LeBron your king, like he like he T'Challa or something. Like I mean that was. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's how I feel. LeBron is, he's the last athlete from my childhood that I'm still irrational about. So I'm just going to ride this all the way out to the end. Julio from Jones your is done. childhood. Matt Ryan's that's done. That's what I don't believe. Right. Like, like, you really don't, you don't know Sin City, Jessica Alba. That's what I'm saying. From your childhood. You just get, that's what I'm saying. I know Fantastic Four, young. Jessica Alba. Do you? Okay. And is short for fanatic. I respect it. Underrated Thank movie, you. Fantastic Four, with the FX crew. Charles, good to see you, Agreed. man. Uh, how you feel about your dynasty draft? Natalie, me and Charles were uh, like locked in a dynasty draft okay. all week long. Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling okay about my team. Just okay. We'll see what happens. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Natalie, I think there's one thing that I don't doubt about Tom Brady. It's his decision-making. So, New York Post said that there was talk that he might walk away from his $375 million contract with Fox. (laughs) He said fake news. Now, Brady himself said, don't believe everything he says. I believe this. 
Because I don't care how much money you got. That that he ain't got that much fu money. No, exactly. <laughs> to walk away from three seventy five. Glad to know. Who would you do for three hundred seventy five billion? <laughs> You'd be underpaid, Natalie, if we gave you three hundred seventy five million. That'd be too little for you. Oh. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.